Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and a hearty welcome to this week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Today, we're going to talk about a challenge common to you parents in your 50s, perhaps some of you in your late 40s, and that's empty nesting, adopting to a new lifestyle after your youngest child moves out, perhaps to attend college out of town, go into the military, or maybe just moves into their own apartment across town. And if you're a parent, there's no way to avoid it. At some point, your youngest child will reach adulthood and will set out on their own. And today we're going to speak primarily to you mothers but dads also should listen because your lives certainly will be impacted as well and you will need to help your wives transition to a new unfamiliar child-free environment. And even with only one child, 18 years is a long time to devote to parenting and the time spent may well be over 20 years if you have two or more offspring. And motherhood is a role you women grow into and most of you do a great job at it, but even if you have a full-time job outside the town, or outside the home, I should say, there's the preparing of endless family meals, running the kids to and from school, or the soccer practice, band, scouts, whatever, clearing the toys, backpacks, and clothing off the, clo- the floor, not to mention parental discipline, and dealing with adolescent angst, that probably began around the time when your kids entered middle school. And my guest, Lila Rayner, reminds that uh, when your youngest child moves out, it is a point in time not for regret, but for acceptance, even celebration of your success. After all, your primary parental role was to launch your offspring and teach them how to succeed independently as adults, on their own without the need for mom or dad anymore, and hopefully that's what they're ready to do now. But that comforting uh, thought does not uh, take away the shock of empty nesting or make it any easier. And today we're going to discuss how you moms uh, can successfully transition to life's next stage, your optimal role as an absentee mom, and how to discover, define, and implement a joyful productive next stage of life, time to quit concentrating full-time on serving the needs of your kids and to begin focusing on what you really want out of life yourself. And Lila Reyna also will discuss why it's important to view empty nesting as a time for a sparkling new mindset, not as a mind-rattling challenge. So are you ladies ready to cast off your Wonder Mom tape and transition to something even better. And here's Lila Reyna's qualifications. She's just author and published a brand new book on empty nesting titled Living Life for You, 
in letting your kids go and be grown, you can rediscover you. I love that title. And in writing it, she called upon her own experience and interviewed more than 50 other mothers to gain their perspective. And she's been there and done that, having spent 8,283 total days, as she puts it, successfully raising three well-adjusted and happy adult children, now all on their own. And she's award-winning author of several prior books, including Street Sense, Smart Self-Defense for Children, that won a 2016 Parents' Choice Award. And based on her martial arts training, she's a fourth-degree black belt in Kaksuwan. I don't know if I pronounced that right. And her unique healing practice, she created and conducts action awareness training workshops to help women develop powerful life skills. And hello, Lila Reyna. We are indeed honored to have you as a guest today on our program. I'm so happy to be part of it. Thank you so much for having me today, Roy. Well, before we get into the serious stuff, on your website bio, you reveal that you talk to your dog, Hannah, way too much since your kids moved out. My question, does Hannah ever talk back? (laughs) Yes, actually, uh, I do talk to her quite a bit now. I find myself um, conversing with her and telling her some stories or asking her some questions, and then I realize, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm talking so much to my dog now. Uh, <laughs> she probably now loves to hear from out. you. And uh, oh, she's a great companion. I don't know if she has talked back, but she certainly loves to go on walks with me and spend time together, and she's a really great companion. Yeah, dogs can be a real comfort when your kids are out of the nest. They can. Well, From your experience, why is it do you believe that the transition to empty nest is so difficult for so many women? Well, you know, it's I really love everything that you mentioned beforehand. It is a wonderful, exciting time, um, but it's also a time of this transition where there's so much change going on, and since they were since our kids were born, we've cared for them, we've protected for protected them, um, starting with changing their diapers, potty training, crawling, helping them walk and run, and then they get to kindergarten, third grade, and then before we know it, eighth grade graduation, and then to the driver's license, to high school graduation, and everything in between. It goes so quickly, and I think that uh, we've been in such a, a habit and pattern of helping and knowing what they need to do to reach this, each certain destination. And now when they move out, it's out of our control. It's yeah. not our choices anymore, um, and we just don't have the same influence. Um, yeah. And so I think that it, it's the change. The change is so hard. We're not really letting go of our children but we're letting go of the control and the ability to influence and protect them from, uh, say, negative choices. Yeah, and we've been, uh, you ladies especially, have been self-sacrificing for so long for the needs of your kids. It's, it's kind of tough to suddenly say, hey, I don't need to do that so much anymore. <laughs> How about It is. It's do? really tough. And, I, and why I um, actually started writing this book was part personal uh, with my youngest daughter, Chayla, moving out, and this was actually a little over a year ago now, and we packed her little red 
Ford Focus car with all her clothes, her little belongings, the things we had gathered to help, um, little kitchenware, and I even stuffed some toilet paper in there, being the mom I am, I guess. Just <laughs> <laughs> making sure she has everything right before she leaves. And uh, she gets in her car, and she drives out the driveway. And my husband and I are standing there in the driveway, and she's gone. Yeah. And our house is empty just within a matter of seconds. Our whole life has changed. Yeah, that's that's quite a, a change, isn't it? Well, in your book, you describe waking up in the middle of the night to ponder, now what do I do with my time? On your website, you offer three steps, uh, download three steps women can use to rediscover their self-worth. What are these three steps? Well, um, for the self-worth, three steps, um, first of all, I like just to say that about the self-worth, it's really, I think why we are needing to talk about self-worth more is because of our identity has been forced to change. And um, even when I thought, you know, I had it together, I I prepared for this, um, I really have a lot of different interests, different passions, but when my daughter left, um, it really hit my self-worth. and. Yeah slammed my identity and made me question, like, um, what, you know, what do I want now? Or, and who am I now? Um, so looking at, looking at the self-worth, um, there's many different ways that you, steps you can look for self-worth, I think. Um, and I'm going to actually, if you don't mind, go to creating the self-belief and self-worth, which is in my book. Yeah, however... And um, there's different – I actually have a recipe for self-belief in my book. Oh. And, of course, the recipe is going to be different for everyone. The way we get there is different for everybody. But it's really uh, taking responsibility for yourself, um, experimenting in life, um, having patience and perseverance and compassion for yourself and adding in that intention for what you want and how to get to that place of what you want. Well, here's a crucial question. Uh, one of your adult children has moved out uh, of your home for college, the military, or an apartment of their own. What role should you as mom attempt to play in their lives? Obviously, you still love them and want to uh, continue uh, as competent and uh, uh, senior advisor as a confidant, I should say, keeping track of their health and welfare. But how do you do that? Without, how often and what manner do you uh, get in touch with them so that you don't sound like you're trying to uh, manage their adult lives? There's a right. median there. How do you, how do you uh, try that out? I think that it is exactly what you said, something we have to try and we learn as we go along um, because with all the communication that we have these days, it's so different than just, just our regular home phone um, or snail mail. I mean, we have the texting, we have Facebook, we have uh, Snapchat, um, all the different, uh, Zoom. We have all these different ways to communicate. Try to communicate and all of them, you'll drive yourself crazy. (laughs) Right, right. So 
it's, it's wonderful we have these options. It's just we have to be careful, I think, that we don't get too involved or, or checking in too much um, with our children so that they have the space to think for themselves and make the decisions for themselves. Um, and I think that takes a little getting used to, a little time where we have to try. You know, if, if, if you have to pay attention to what your son or your daughter, what their response is when you contact them. Yeah, that's for them. sure, because uh, you can really become overbearing. And I know as, a, as an ex-student myself, I, I hate to hear from my parents again except on my terms when I have a lot of time for it. And, uh, you know, right. if you're busy doing your homework and uh, mom keeps calling <laughs> or <laughs> with my friends, it's not too cool. <laughs> no, not not so fun. So we really have to have that awareness and really uh, listen and feel, you know, on the other side of the phone or, or um, that communication of what's going on with your son or your daughter. Um, and at first, for example, when when um, my son moved out, my middle son moved out, Ishan, and he he used to call like three or four times a day. Oh, wow. Um, and then a month later, it went down to about two times a day. Oh. Another month later, it went down to about every other day. And then before I knew it, he had a girlfriend, and then I was calling him and saying, Hi, it's Mom, remember me? <laughs> and, it has, and it just switches all along. So at first he was needing that contact more, um, and now he's really needing that space, but really enjoying when I do call. And I try not to call too often so that when we do communicate and we have that connection, it's a real quality connection. Yeah. Um, and we're able to share what we did um, in that past week, um, and he's able to share with me. Well, here's a million-dollar question. After the kids are gone, some married couples grow closer together while others end up separated, even divorced. How best can you empty uh, nest ladies connect, reconnect with your husbands? And should you attempt to go way back to restore the uh, same kind of romantic relationship you had before the kids were born? Is this realistic? If not, what steps should the two of you take to develop a wonderful, loving, uh, life-sharing, mature relationship with equal life partners moving forward? Um, I'm really glad you asked that. You know, I, in interviewing so many moms for this book and in talking with other moms about this book, um, the one question that keeps coming up and a concern is, you know, what about what's going to happen to our relationship when the kids move out, what will happen to my partner and I? Um, are, is, the, are the kids the only things we have in common anymore? And yeah. for some, it seems like it is. For others, maybe it seems like it is, but you could work on it. Um, and for um, So for my husband and I, um, I will speak personally that we did go through a little transition just thinking that back and forth, like, wow, what do we have in common anymore? Yeah. You know, after doing everything for the kids and kind of revolving your whole life around the kids' lives, um, when you come back and it's just you and I, it's like, wow, uh, it's time to get to know you again. Who is um, this person I've been living with the past 35 years? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the four 
I have four pillars of a healthy relationship is communication, intimacy, financial health, and spiritual health. And um, all of those are so important. And I think if you're finding that you don't have so much in common or you're wondering if you do, if if you can't talk about it together, I mean, I, I know so many couples who've been to different therapy or talked to other parents uh, in the same situation that it's really helped them to bring themselves together and have a really happy, fulfilling life together after the kids leave. Yeah. No, that's so, well, one final question. How best do, do you create a recipe for self-belief that fully values yourself and your talents beyond being a mother? How do you go about doing that? I mean, it's, obviously we can't cover the whole subject in a few moments, but uh, just how do you go about starting to do that? Right. Um, Your self-belief, you're right, we can't cover the whole subject because I think that's a lifelong process, (laughs) Um, as you know. Um, However, after the kids go, um, I think it's important to know that you still have value. You're not alone. There's a lot of um, mothers, fathers that are out there that um, feel this loss um, of a loved one. It's actually a loss of a loved one, and it's giving yourself permission um, to feel that and then um, looking to what you want and what yeah. you want out of life now in this new chapter. And it's really the self-belief is doing things, stepping out, experimenting life, um, doing things that you want to do. Um, you know, I'm I'm surprised at how many people have said to me once the children move out, they say, well, my life's pretty much over. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, that's it, really sad when you think about it's it. It's really sad, and, I, and that's actually what prompted me to write this book as well because um, there's, of course, there's so much life left. There's so much to do. It's almost like we've been given a second chance. Yeah. Um, a, a n- whole another chapter to live our lives and to rediscover who we are. And it's that self-belief and finding that self-value, um, which really comes down to your sense of purpose and what you want for this next chapter of your life. And I know it can be hard to find that or feel that sometimes, um, but it's taking little steps, doing little things um, yeah, why like not little, experiment? That, that yes, um, or travel, you know, see new career, things. travel, there's so many things you can do that are uh, inspiring. And uh, actually you should celebrate and congratulate yourself for having completed that important task of raising your kids to adulthood and, uh, you know, celebrate and then go out and do, do what you want to do. It makes so much sense. It does. Um, it, it just it's hard for a lot of people because they've put so much value and and time into the children. So when they leave, a lot of um, moms and, and parents, fathers, um, still put that time and energy focusing on um, their grown child's destination rather yeah. than focusing on your own journey. And yeah, you haven't lost them. They've just transitioned to a new stage, just like you have. <laughs> but they're still your right. son or daughter. <laughs> it it takes time to 
to get through that transition, and it, I think it's important to acknowledge that it is a transition. Um, in our society, I don't think that we have, we don't celebrate the empty nest, and actually I don't even like to call it empty nest because it, to me it feels like this wonderful freedom and beauty and new life coming, so it feels anything but empty to me. Um, then you Although can always I, look forward to grandchildren at some point so you can have <laughs> little kids again. <laughs> that, too. That, too. I think it's just important to stop focusing on your child's destination and redirect your focus yeah. on your journey. Let's talk a bit about your book, Living Life for You. Your book is divided into three parts. What are they? Um, the three different parts that it's divided into... Our, um, the first part is preparing for that empty nest. So this is really great for um, parents with younger children, or especially in high school. Yeah. Um, but I've even had some parents talk to me and tell me it's been helpful and they have younger children than that. Oh. And then part two is letting them fly. So letting them take off, letting them live their own life, make their own choices. This is their life. Yeah, that's the crucial part about how to deal with your kids once they are adults so that you don't come on like you're still trying to micromanage them right. <laughs> when they're out on their own. Yes. And then the third part, which I think is probably the most important part, is living life for you and yeah. that focusing on you and um, really taking the time to see what you want now and making taking those little steps and taking that action to make your life what you want now. Not just you, but uh, if you're still married, you and your spouse together it's, uh, so that Absolutely. you both get what you want out of life. You know, you can have your own life, but you need to have a, a joint life together, too, without the kids not being mom and dad anymore, but uh, life partners. Yes, yes. yep. Well, where's the best place for listeners to go to preview and purchase your book, Living Life for You? Uh, Living Life for You is available on Amazon. So that, that's probably the quickest quickest yeah, way. You can also go there. to my website. That's lilarena.com. And that's spelled L-I-L-A-R-E-Y-N-A.com, right? Yes. So those two places will be the easiest to get the book, and um, I, I'm so thankful. Thank you for having me on today. And you also have top three tips to boost self-compassion and value you that the folks can download from your website, I, I guess. Yes, after you purchase the book, Living Life for You, from Amazon, you can go to my website, lilarena.com, and... Uh, you can enter the Amazon code number there, your purchase code, order code. Oh, I see. And then you can get that free download as well. Oh, that's great. Well, in conclusion, whether your offspring presently are teens, preteens, or even little kids, at some point they'll grow up and move away. And ladies and gentlemen, too, it's never too early to begin picturing what your life will be like, what you sincerely want it to be like, once all your children become adults and move out and establish their own lives, 
And at this point, where the at the point where the last one leaves, you'll be retiring from motherhood or dads from fatherhood, but in no way need your joyful, productive years to be over. You have guided each child as best you could through 18 or so years, long years, of nurturing, growth, and development, and you deserve a blue ribbon for accomplishing perhaps life's most important mission. But looking to the post-child-rearing future, I urge you to concentrate upon the positive rather than negative aspects of your approaching empty nest years. Use the uh, freed-up time to reestablish focus on yourself. Pray for guidance. Explore your spiritual nature. Travel and broaden your knowledge. Reestablish focus on your spouse as full-time life partner and reach out to your community volunteering or perhaps even assuming a new uh, job where you're helping others to achieve their goals. And as you approach your empty nest years, or if you've already arrived and uh, still are ill at ease about them, uh, in a conundrum over what comes next, I highly recommend my guest, Lila Reyna's latest book, Living Life for You. And to my knowledge, her book is a one-of-a-kind, a comprehensive guidebook, giving all the practical tools you'll need both to build a healthy relationship with your adult children and, most importantly, how to concentrate on what you really want to do with the rest of your life. And you and your spouse have earned your spurs. Now it's time to concentrate on you. And thank you, Lila Reyna, for the wonderful positive message about the post-parenting years. Thank you, Roy, for having me today. And and I really appreciate being on the show and being able to talk to everybody and share and best of success with the sale of your new book and your action awareness training workshops. And people might want to check those out on the, on the on your website as well. And thank you so much for being with us today. So thank you, Roy. Now. Well, thanks so much to Lila Reyna for her sound advice on how to live your life and how I can live my life, how we can all live our lives to the fullest after our youngest has moved out and moved on. And to close today's program, I want to talk a bit about uh, sleep, and it's even more important than I had previously thought. You know, regular listeners will recall our OPENS formula. That's O-P-E-N-S for a joyful and purposeful second half of life. And the S in the OPENS formula stands both for socialization, we can't do everything by ourselves without relating to others, but also for sleep. And adequate sleep on a regular basis remains crucial uh, to an aware, active, and enthused and intentional daily living. And I recently uncovered in the May 2nd, 2019 USA Today, a study indicating that losing as little as 16 minutes of sleep a day can potentially affect how productive you are at work, and I might add at play or whatever else you're doing. The study from researchers at the University of South Florida monitored 130 employees who work in information technology and have at least one school-aged child. In over eight days, participants would log how much they slept and answer a series of questions. 
The questions focused on how often participants experienced off-task or distracting thoughts finding uh, during the day, also called cognitive interference, and that's a good technical term for goofing off, <laughs> and results showed participants who lost as little as 16 minutes of sleep on a re nightly basis reported having more distracting thoughts, making it more difficult to finish their job tasks, and that's a mere 16 minutes. So you can imagine what an hour or two of lost sleep will do. And findings from the study provide empirical evidence for why workplaces need to make more efforts to promote their employees' sleep, said Sumi Lee, Lee author of the study and an assistant professor at USF. I don't know if she's proposing that uh, employee or employers provide mats <laughs> to take little rests on like we did in kindergarten. I don't think that's a great idea, but it is important to get that sleep. Good sleepers, as uh, Dr. Lee reports, may be better performers at work due to greater ability to stay focused and on task with fewer errors and interpersonal conflicts. And I might add, it also makes us better participants, uh, uh, or better parents, better spouses, better friends, and better volunteers, just about better at everything if we've gotten enough sleep. And we'll periodically talk about the prescriptions for a better night's sleep on our program. We have in the past, and we will again. Uh, but for now, uh, go to get a good night's rest tonight and tomorrow and the next night, and we'll talk to you next week on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 